The Faces of Belmez, a phenomenon that started in 1971 in a small town in Spain, is considered by many as one of the most significant paranormal events of the 20th century. It all began in a farmhouse, Calle Real 5, Belmez de la Moraleda, Juan Andalusia, Spain, where the homeowner, Maria de Pereira, noticed a strange black stain appearing on her kitchen floor. Greetings and welcome to another episode of As Yet Unexplained. Today we delve into the eerie and enigmatic history of the Belmez faces. This phenomena has captivated the imagination of people for decades and remains shrouded in mystery to this very day. From the first recorded appearance of the mysterious faces to the various explanations that have been proposed over the years, we will be taking you on a journey of discovery and intrigue. Join us as we unravel the ongoing debate surrounding this perplexing enigma. Please be advised, the subject matter in this episode may contain unsettling descriptions and may not be suitable for all listeners. If you are easily distressed, we advise caution when listening. However, for those of you who are brave enough to take on the unknown, sit back and immerse yourself in this tale. We appreciate your support and encourage you to like, subscribe or even write a review on your preferred platform if you have enjoyed this episode. Let us know your thoughts on the Belmez faces and share your own theories. Remember, with every story there are always victims, and we would like to remind our listeners to spare a thought for those who have been affected. The First Face Belmez de la Moraleda is a small town located in the province of Jaén in Spain. It is situated in the countryside surrounding by rolling hills and olive groves. The town is known for its traditional architecture, with whitewashed buildings and narrow streets. It has a rich cultural heritage, including several historic churches and monuments. Belmez de la Moraleda is a peaceful and quiet place, ideal for those looking to escape the hustle and bustle of city life. There are also opportunities for outdoor activities such as hiking and picnicking in the surrounding countryside. Maria Gomez Pereira, a resident of the town, resided together with her husband Juan and son Miguel in a modest home. Maria initially discovered a strange-looking stain in the middle of her kitchen floor near to the stove while she was preparing food on the scorching 23rd of August 1971. This unexplainable by conventional means stain was at first not given much thought by Maria, but over time it developed into something quite unsettling. As a family, they repeatedly studied it, trying to figure out what it was. The following day, the stain gradually took on the shape of a human face. Despite repeated attempts to clean it, even with the aid of cleaning agents, the face remained. The mystery smear changed into the distinct outline of a face over the course of seven days. No matter how diligently Maria cleaned, that haunting face persisted, and it is stated that the family fled scared out into the streets to warn their neighbours of the transpiring events. The Pereira family, who had a history of belief in the supernatural, found the vision disturbing, and being unable to remove this horrifying visage, they eventually removed the entire floor to eliminate it. Juan and Miguel used a pickaxe to dig up the concrete and lay fresh cement. And for now, 
it appeared that everything was back to normal. The first reports of the phenomena were made in November 1971, when a local newspaper published information about it. The media quickly picked up on the story, and the faces of Belmez gained widespread notoriety. Despite the scepticism of many residents, the strange faces continued to materialise on the floor, attracting the attention of people from all over the world. As news of the strange faces spread, the town was thrown into a state of confusion and fear. Some residents believed that the faces were a message from the holy face in the Church of Jane, while others thought that the Pereira family's belief in the supernatural was to blame. The Second Face The residents were shocked when a new face was reported to have appeared on the kitchen floor. It would appear that the old one had been replaced by the new one in the freshly laid concrete floor, in exactly the same spot as before. The new face resembled the previous one, only in sharper, more pronounced details. The haunting image was now replete with wide eyes, a mouth, and long black lines that looked like whiskers. The family came to the conclusion that it might be a ghost or spirit attempting to communicate with them. The news of the unsettling paranormal occurrence quickly spread throughout the town, drawing hundreds of curious onlookers. Despite the unusual circumstances, the mayor of Belmez banned the demolition of the new face, and instead a piece of the floor's concrete was removed for analysis. Over the next few days, a whole host of other faces joined the original one, appearing and vanishing, moving or changing into others, like a moving sea of people trying to vie for attention. The second face was eventually mounted behind glass on the kitchen wall to resemble a painting or relic of the events. Initial Experiments The cycle repeated. By December of the same year, some of the faces had faded and vanished, and new ones had quickly replaced them. The family decided to destroy the floor that the faces were inhabiting by digging it up. But word of the apparition was starting to get around. The appearance of these strange faces looking back at the family had started attracting national attention and led to a flood of visitors to the small town. Local police were immediately called in to manage the swell of onlookers as local excitement reached fever pitch. People flocked to Belmez in the notion that a miracle had occurred as the incident quickly gained national attention. However, others believed the family was making a sly effort to raise money. By order of the mayor of Belmez, the faces were, as previously explained, removed for research and display. The initial examination of the Belmez faces was performed by the Civil Guard, a Spanish law enforcement organisation. Their findings, which were based on a thorough and comprehensive investigation, revealed that the faces were not created through any conventional method of painting or drawing. Furthermore, they stated that the appearance of the faces could not be accounted for by means of any currently known scientific explanation. In conclusion, the Civil Guard determined that the faces were not a fabrication and that the Pereira family was not involved in any malicious or fraudulent endeavours. Local publications immediately took opposing stances. Some, like the Daily Pueblo, defended the event's veracity, while others, like El Adil, labelled it a fabrication. Famous parapsychologists and specialists started to show up as a result of the media attention including the German de Agamosa and Hans Bender, who both agreed that the Belmez phenomenon was a significant puzzle. The latter supported the paranormal theory by publishing a few sentences about the case in the Zeitschrift für Parapsychologie. 
The newspaper, Pueblo, revealed the findings of an investigation that suggested that those faces had been painted with silver nitrate and chloride, which was almost precisely six months after the debut of the first face. Their theory continued to state that the really clever gimmick was that these materials responded to light, making the pictures invisible for a while after they were painted, until they gradually became visible to the eyes, seemingly without human intervention. This technique, utilised in photography by the anti-Franco activists as early as the 1940s. This hypothesis was rejected by a good many people. There were many interests at risk, notably those of the paranormal investigators. If a mystery is no longer a mystery, it no longer appeals to the general public, and thus is no longer a commodity with which those who specialise in selling unexplainable happenings may continue doing business. Therefore, they launched the counterattack quickly. A chemical counter-analysis was performed on the faces. The renowned examination conducted by the CSIC laboratory shows that the samples studied match to current and grinding concrete and contain no traces of colours or silver salts. The CSIC warns that the laboratory is absolutely ignorant of the sample procedure and if any kinds of controls were used throughout the process. As the only assurance that the samples came from the object to be analysed, controlled sample collection is essential to the analysis's validity. However, in this case, as is frequently the case in the paranormal world, the controls are absent, and the samples were collected in such a careless manner that the CSIC even draws attention to the container with which they were delivered, a cafeteria's sugar packet. The notarial protocol, however, is more serious. The investigators hired a notary to certify that no one could paint the faces in order to demonstrate their supernatural origin. To do this, the notary made a public record of the condition of the kitchen, then sealed it. A few days later, the notary broke the seals, attesting that the drawing had in fact altered. Unfortunately, it also does not seem to be particularly convincing proof. The use of silver sorts is distinguished, among other things, by the ability to create images that gradually reveal themselves due to their chemical properties. Miguel and the foreman of the Belmez de la Moraleda City Council proceeded to excavate the kitchen, where they meticulously dug a trench with a depth of 2.80 metres and a diameter of 1.50 metres. During their excavation, the guests present at the scene reached a consensus that the source of the image's emulsion problem could be resolved by uncovering buried photographs. The Graveyard The investigation into the strange occurrences at the Pereira home was just the tip of the iceberg when the shocking discovery of multiple human remains was made beneath the kitchen floor. The revelation was both unsettling and intriguing, as it was discovered that the house was built over a 13th century Andalusian medieval cemetery, located near the old church. For those who believed in the paranormal, this was all the proof they needed that the unexplained happenings at the Pereira home were indeed real. The grim discovery of the bones only added to the already eerie atmosphere as many of the corpses were found to be missing their skulls. The remains were eventually reburied at a nearby Catholic cemetery, according to the traditions of the faith. Some recent claims suggest that the unearthed bones could be as old as 700 years. Although the Pereira home was the only one to experience apparitions, human bones were also uncovered beneath other nearby dwellings. This only added to the mystery and speculation surrounding the events in the small town. It was said that the faces of the apparitions would disappear once the remains were removed and the kitchen floor was replaced. For a few weeks, the town returned to its regular operations and the eerie presence seemed to have vanished. However, it was only a matter of time before the next unexplained phenomenon would occur, 
leaving the townspeople to wonder about the mysterious and unsettling events that were unfolding in their community. In the year that followed, the small town of Belmez was graced with the arrival of the renowned Professor de Argamosa, who had come all the way from Madrid. The Professor was a well-known historian and scholar who had dedicated his life to uncovering the secrets of the past and unravelling the mysteries of history. The Professor brought with him a remarkable discovery, historical papers that had been well-preserved for centuries, detailing the shocking death of five members of a local Belmez family. This fateful event occurred in the 17th century and the papers provided evidence pointing towards the governor of Granada as the culprit. The governor, who was born in the very town he was accused of committing his heinous act in, was said to have ordered the execution of five innocent individuals for reasons that were never fully understood. Despite the abundance of evidence pointing towards his guilt, the exact location of the murder remained a mystery. However, based on the available records and documents, it was widely believed that the tragedy had taken place either around the Pereira home or in its vicinity. The investigative work of Professor Diagamosa in the field of psychic phenomena was not limited to just studying historical archives. He was also a firm believer in the power of modern technology to capture evidence of paranormal activity. During his time in Belmez, he made extensive use of recording equipment and other technical devices to capture and document what he believed to be evidence of the supernatural. One of the most intriguing pieces of evidence collected by the professor was a series of EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, recorded within the Pereira home. These recordings captured strange and unexplainable sounds that seemed to be originating from within the walls of the house. According to the professor, the sounds were both haunting and eerie, and some listeners described them as being a cross between hell and a brothel. The most striking of these EVPs was a recording of a child's voice. The voice was faint and ethereal, but unmistakably the voice of a young child. The source of the voice remained a mystery, and many were left wondering whether it was the ghost of a child who had once lived in the home, or some other supernatural entity. It should be noted that Maria, who claimed to have mediumistic abilities, was not present during the recording of the EVPs. This was a deliberate choice on the part of the professor, who wanted to ensure that any recorded evidence was not contaminated by the influence of a known psychic. Despite this precaution, the recordings captured by Professor Diagamosa remain some of the most compelling evidence of paranormal activity ever recorded. Miguel, the son of the Pereira family, had been a resident of the home since the discovery of the mysterious faces that had appeared on the floor. Over the years, he had become an expert on the strange occurrences in the home and had given personal testimonies about his experiences and insights. One of the most fascinating aspects of Miguel's involvement in the investigation of the faces was his participation in the excavations under the kitchen hearth. He had personally taken part in the effort to uncover the truth about the origins of the faces and had helped to uncover some human bone fragments during the excavation. However, he was quick to point out that the number of fragments discovered was not as substantial as some had claimed. Despite the discovery of some of the bone fragments, many remained sceptical about the true origins of the faces. Some experts in the field of the paranormal had proposed that the development of the faces was related to a water stream that flowed beneath the floor of the home and had caused the humidity to fix the teleplasties in a clearer and more exact manner. Teleplasties being the name that the faces were referred to by paranormal investigators. This theory was based on the observation that the faces appeared to be more vivid and detailed in areas that are exposed to higher levels of humidity. Despite the various theories and speculation about the faces, Miguel was steadfast in his, and stated on several occasions that poltergeist-style occurrences had never taken place within the property, despite other people making statements to the contrary. 
faces. However, the bizarre story of the faces in the Pereira home did not end with the initial discovery. Over the ensuing weeks, the strange occurrences continued, as previously stated, and the image of a lady surrounded by several little faces continued to surface on the floor. What was even more puzzling to experts and sceptics was the fact that the emotions on the faces appeared to change over time. The faces would display a range of facial expressions, including somberness, a grin, and even horrific distorted eyes. This development added an extra layer of mystery to the already unexplained phenomena and left many people wondering what was behind these strange changes. At the time, the scientific community was struggling to find a logical explanation for the bizarre events in the Pereira home. All testing on the concrete produced results that showed no signs of human interference, and this only served to deepen the mystery surrounding the strange faces. Some experts in the field of paranormal activity believed that the changing expressions on the faces were an indication of some sort of supernatural presence, while others remained sceptical and argued that the faces were the result of some sort of trickery or hoax. As time went on, other specimens emerged on the floor, including 18 small faces surrounded by a larger face with a frightened expression. Further Investigations In his ongoing investigation of the strange happenings at the Pereira home, Professor Di Agamosa realised that in order to effectively study the phenomenon, he needed to create a controlled environment. He took it upon himself to pay half the expense for the installation of a new kitchen in the home that the family could temporarily use in another room, whilst he transformed their existing kitchen into a hub of research and investigation. At one point, the family was required to temporarily leave the house for a few days, and Professor Diagamosa covered a portion of the kitchen floor with a clear plastic covering that was affixed to the wall with strips of gummed tape. This was done in an attempt to eliminate the possibility that the appearance of the faces was being caused by sunlight. Under the plastic covering, a woman's face emerged in a matter of hours. Several witnesses who signed a report said they saw it. Researchers included German professor Hans Bender, who is widely known for his examination of the Rosenheim poltergeist of 1967. One of the faces was covered with a sheet of glass by Bender, yet the face nevertheless underwent a change in look. Within ten minutes it vanished, to be replaced by the face of a lovely woman, who then changed into the likeness of another woman with rough features. On one particular occasion in 1975, a series of cement blocks with a unique visage known as La Palona were removed from their original location within the home for further examination. The blocks, which were believed to symbolise either baldness or death, caught the attention of researchers from the Hydrological and Mineralogical Institute located in Valencia, Spain. The researchers were interested in conducting a chemical analysis of the cement blocks to determine the composition of the face and its features. Upon conducting the tests, it was discovered that the face was made up of dark mineral elements of volcanic rock, often referred to as melanocratic material. This type of material is often found in volcanic regions and is known for its distinctive dark coloration. The researchers also conducted tests to see if any other substances, such as silver nitrate, were used to create the faces. However, no signs of such substances were found. The results of the chemical analysis confirmed that the cement blocks were indeed made of natural materials and had not been altered in any way. Despite precautions set down by the researchers, the faces continued to appear, much to the disbelief of both the local community and sceptics alike. Writer and researcher José Martínez Romero visited the home in 1981 and claimed to have seen numerous faces appearing and disappearing in the kitchen. However, 
Despite his claims, his photographs revealed nothing out of the ordinary. As the investigation continued, it became apparent that the phenomena was not easily explained away, and that further study was necessary to uncover the truth behind the mysterious faces. Despite efforts to cover the faces and lessen the potential for fraud, they remained a source of fascination and intrigue for many years to come. Despite the decline in media attention and tourism following the journal Pueblo's acknowledging that the faces were not a paranormal phenomenon, some researchers still believed in the paranormal explanation, while others attribute it to simply a hoax. In 1983, Andrew McKenzie rejected the hoax theory and called the House of Faces the most astounding case in his 25 years of investigating spontaneous paranormal manifestations. He believed that the faces were not the result of human interference and that their continued appearance and transformation was a manifestation of some kind of spiritual or supernatural force. Skeptics point to the lack of evidence for the paranormal explanation and the fact that no one has been able to replicate the faces despite numerous attempts. They also argue that the emotional state of Maria Pereira and the others who lived in the home at the time had nothing to do with the faces and that the faces were simply a product of the imagination of those who believed in the paranormal. Maria's death and tourism. Maria's claim to fame was her alleged paranormal abilities, which sparked the interest of numerous paranormal investigators. It was believed that she had the ability to create images with her mind through a phenomenon known as thoughtographic appearances. This theory suggests that there is a connection between humans and spirits in another world, and it has been debated among experts for centuries. In 2004, rumours began circulating about an elderly woman's ghost being seen in Maria's home, and new faces appearing on its walls. Unfortunately, shortly after these stories surfaced, it came out that Maria had passed away, and her house was up for sale. However, upon further investigation of the new faces found in the home following Maria's death, it became clear that they were nothing more than a fraud created by her son, Diago Pereira. Paint remnants were also discovered during testing. Pedro Amoros, the head of the Spanish Society for Parapsychological Research, SEIP, conducted an investigation into the new faces, categorizing them as teleplasties or manifestations or residues of ectoplasm. However, the new faces have less distinct shapes and are harder to categorize as human faces than their earlier instances. The family of Maria Gomez has also insisted that the faces are not a business, despite the fact that Carmen Gomez Havas has owned the term Las Caras de Belmez since July the 1st, 2005, according to information found on the website of the Spanish Patent and Trademark Office, the OEPM. The town name Belmez is only present in one trademark, which is the only one registered at this office. The dramatic increase in paranormal tourism to the small town of Belmez since the appearance of the mysterious faces has had a positive effect on local businesses. Restaurants and hotels have seen a surge in customers as people flock to see what is being called an unexplained phenomenon. However, despite this influx of tourists, it remains unclear who is pocketing most of the revenue generated from it. Some are raising questions about who might be profiting from such an unusual event. Although exact numbers are impossible to determine, it appears that both locals and visitors alike have been able to benefit from the influx of the new business opportunities associated with this paranormal tourism. Maria's house has become a popular tourist attraction, and although she did not charge visitors to enter the home, she was happy to collect donations for her family. Most of the people who visited were eager to contribute, but there were still some who refused to leave anything behind. A local photographer also set up shop outside offering photographs of the faces as a keepsake for visitors. Surprisingly, only a few refused this offer. Most expressed their appreciation by taking one or more copies with them before they left. 
By allowing others into her home and providing an opportunity for souvenirs, Maria made sure that those directly affected by her story would benefit in some way from all the attention it received. The Casa de la Caras, once a vibrant home to Maria and her family, is now in a state of disrepair. The roof has collapsed, leaving the building uninhabitable. However, despite this damage, an old sign remains intact outside the house, indicating opening hours for visitors on the weekends. In addition to this information are also contact details for Maria's son and daughter-in-law who continue to own the property, even though it can no longer be used as a residence. At a meeting, Mayor Maria Rodriguez presented the town hall's plans to establish a museum for the faces of Balmez. She explained that after Maria Carrares's death, her home had been locked and that it was necessary to create an official record of all the faces found there. The SEIP President and International Council were in full agreement with this plan, as they saw it as an important step towards preserving the unique history of Belmez de la Moraleda. They agreed to work together on creating a museum where visitors could learn about the fascinating phenomenon. Additionally, they discussed how best to protect and preserve these mysterious faces for future generations. After discussing the details of their plan, all parties involved left feeling optimistic about their chances of success in creating a fitting tribute to Maria Gomez Carrara's legacy. At the formal meeting, SEIP representatives made a case for why it was important that the Belmez house remained open to the general public. They argued that not only would this benefit local businesses, but also attract tourists in order to promote economic growth and development of the area. The City Council agreed with SEIP's argument and encouraged members of the family to reach an agreement regarding their intentions for the property. After much discussion, all parties were able to come away from the meeting with a consensus. Belmez would keep its doors open so that people could visit and learn more about its history and culture. This decision led to increased tourism throughout Spain, which has had a positive ripple effect across many other industries as well. The examination of the home was thorough and included a detailed inspection of the floor throughout the house. Photos were also taken to document any changes that had occurred since Maria's passing. Some faces in the ground were removed for comparison purposes to see if they had changed or new faces had appeared. All information gathered during this process was carefully documented and recorded in an official document by both Belmer City Council representatives and SEIP officials. After all necessary steps had been completed, the final agreement between both parties was signed, making it official and binding on February the 8th, 2004, when the home opened at 8am. In 2013, the Belmez City Council opened a new Face Interpretation Centre in the former school building funded by the European Union. This centre was designed to provide education about facial expressions and their interpretation as well as offering guidance to those that wish to further explore this fascinating field of study. The centre offers regular classes from experts in non-verbal communication, as well as workshops and seminars that delve into deeper topics such as body language and micro-expressions. The Forgery Hypothesis Luis Suarez Nogres' 1993 article in the Journal of the Society of Psychical Research discussed three elements, zinc, lead and chromium, that were used as pigments in the production of paint. He specifically focused on two of these pigments, lead and chromium, to support his hypothesis that paint was likely used to create the mysterious Belmez faces. According to the Ruiz Nogres research, both lead and chromium have been found within samples from some ancient paintings across Europe, which suggests a possible link between them and other ancient work. 
Furthermore, he argued that due to their physical properties, such as durability against corrosion or heat damage, they could be a viable materials in producing durable images like those seen in the faces of Balmez. Ultimately, this evidence provided by Ruiz Nogres provides strong support towards using paint as a possible medium for creating the faces. Lead has been the main pigment used for a long time to create colours. Lead-based enamels are the most commonly used primary colours and are the least expensive due to their ease of use, making them frequently used at home. However, the analysis's percentage of chromium is too low to be a practical choice, and lead often results in dark, difficult-to-see colourations, while chromium does not. Ruiz Nogres proposed several theories as to why lead may have been used, but he also acknowledged the challenges to this theory that paint was used on the faces. Alkalid-type enamels have poor chemical resistance to acids, alkalis and detergents, poor abrasion resistance, and the paint may be seen through to the substrate. Manuel Martin Serrano's research in Sociology of the Miracle was incredibly detailed. He spoke with hundreds of people from Belmez who had first-hand experience with the mystery and its aftermath, but he never published any names or identifying information about these individuals. His conclusions were that the entire event had been an elaborate hoax for financial gain. This conclusion was supported by his extensive fieldwork and interviews, as well as evidence presented by Ruiz Nogres, which suggested that many of the people involved may have been motivated by money or fame. Despite this evidence, there are still some who remain unconvinced and believe that something paranormal could be at play in Belmez. Even José Luis Jordan, who served as the Spanish Society of Parapsychology's vice president, was not entirely convinced. Jordan examined cases of purportedly haunted homes in Spain, including the Belmez case, in his book Casas Encantadas Poltergeist. This shows that despite the evidence presented, the Belmez faces remains a topic of controversy and scepticism among experts in the field. José Luis Jordán was requested to lead a panel by a division of the Spanish Ministry of the Interior to investigate the events in Belmez and provide a report to the relevant authorities. In his paper, Jordán discussed various scenarios related to the forgery, including the forceful action of a chemical component, the colouring with a dark brownish material, and a combination of soot and vinegar. He eventually uncovered the answer to the mystery by learning that a German product used to remove concrete stains could be obtained from any drugstore and could explain some of the chemical compositions. Skeptical parapsychologists in Spain have continued to support the forgery theory. The first and most well-known of the Belmes faces, La Prava, was found to have pigmentation, including leading Ramos Pereira, head of the Spanish Society of Parapsychology, to conclude that it had been painted. La Prava was later permanently affixed to Maria's house wall for display purposes. In addition to the ICV studies, chemical analysis of the Belmez faces was conducted by J.J. Alonso, a researcher with the Spanish National Research Council. The results of his investigation were published in the Spanish Society of Parapsychology's publication, Sci Communicación. Although Alonso did not provide an opinion to the photographic assertions, his investigation supported the discovery of a melanocratic chemical. The examination of the face known as El Pelado, the bald one, revealed metal, which might suggest the use of an aluminium-type cement. However, the essential qualities necessary to distinguish a Portland cement from an aluminium cement, such as the amount of said cation structure, compression resistance, elasticity module, and chemical resistance, were not provided by Alonso in his paper. In general, gypsum clay and limestone are used to make artificial cement, with lime and kaolinetic clay being the two basic ingredients. Some cements, such as the aluminious, made from aluminous and lime ingredients, are dark in colour. In May 2007, the book Los Carreras del Belmez was released by researcher Francisco Meyers, 
and the editor of the newspaper El Mondo, Javier Cavanales. The book attempted to demonstrate that the case was a hoax from the beginning, with the family painting all the faces, or others doing so with their cooperation, and that the primary investigators had changed the data to keep the case mysterious. To support these allegations, they made the primary case papers, such as the CSIC reports, available to the public. Infrared photography was also used by some parapsychologists to support the fraud theory. The first of these faces, La Prava, was revealed to have colouring through infrared examinations, leading Ramos Pereira, head of the Spanish Society of Parapsychology, to conclude that it was painted. A scientist from Spain's Higher Council of Scientific Research also conducted a chemical study which was first released in Sci Communicación, the publication of the Spanish Society of Parapsychology. The report concluded that the La Palona face matched the size 39, size 6 or 8.5 shoe sole. The Photographic Hypothesis Hans Bender and German de Argamosa served as the primary investigators for the Belmes Faces phenomenon. At the time of its supposed onset, both men were based in Freiburg, Germany, and Belmez, Spain, respectively. Although neither Bender nor Diagamosa authored a formal report about their investigations into the case, it was nevertheless mentioned by Bender in a Zeitschrift für Parapsychologie magazine that he published. Meanwhile, Spanish parapsychologist Argamosa dedicated two years to analysing what he believed to be a Gothic mystery, but still failed to publish any writings on his findings or conclusions. The Belmez incident was first mentioned by Bender, and he spoke of it in several of his lectures. His most significant remark was about the translucent plastic sheet, which had been used to cover off parts of the floor where certain faces were being worked on. The small variations in the arrangement of these faces throughout the time that this event took place, which had been attested by the notary, had helped to confirm its paranormal nature. José Martínez Romero is one believer who wrote an entire book about this incident and published it for public consumption. The first chapter of Andrew Carr McKenzie's book, The Seen and the Unseen, contains the believer's most important work to date. Since he did not speak Spanish, Mackenzie was without an interpreter during his time in Belmez. Only the son of Martinez Romero and the taxi driver were able to provide him with some assistance. The Institute of Ceramics and Glass, or ICV, conducted scientific research on a Belmez face using samples from two of the faces that were found by Father J. M. Filion's team in September 1990. The samples, one 30 milligrams and the other 60 milligrams, were put through a variety of tests, including granulometric, mineralogical and chemical ones. To quote Karbalala, the results expressed in extremely abridged form was that no traces of paint were found in any place. Karbalala makes no description of the faces that were examined the areas of the faces that correlate to the various samples, or the types of chemicals or mineralogical examinations that were carried out. The prestigious ICV is a member of the Spanish National Research Council. The aforementioned chart was published by Filion in the well-known Spanish magazine Mas Allah in 1992. Many of the explanations put out by other researchers place Maria as the primary factor. For those who want to accept it, one theory holds that the pictures were transferred to the surface through a form of psychokinetic photography. The term photography originated with Ted Serios, who said that he could use his mind's ability to psychically imprint a picture or photographic film. Would it be a stretch to think that Maria was imagining the faces and then projecting them? No theory put out by paranormal researchers over the years regarding the presence and disappearance of the Belmis faces has been wholly accepted. There are rumours, meanwhile, of an investigation panel coming to a little more specific conclusion. The panel found that mostly chemical application was used to shape the faces, chemicals that might be easily purchased as cleaning agents from any drugstore. 
the commission was astounded by the precision of the details of the faces that appeared. In fact, they were able to discern even down to how many hairs were in each brushstroke, and still there remained varying accounts from witnesses who claimed to have seen them with their own eyes. Maria seemed to be a key figure in these appearances, as when she was present there would be more sightings than when she wasn't. It remains unclear if this could have been because she naturally drew people's attention or it had been something more supernatural about it. But either way, her presence seemed significant. Maria, who was going through the menopause at the time and had signs of neurosis and sadness, was thought by parapsychologists to be a poltergeist medium. According to A. Cardenius, Maria's, the owner of the house, sensations are transmitted onto the cement with the ease of a photographer capturing an image. It was assumed that the variations of the visuals represented shifts in her mental state. Later Investigations In 2014, Aika Hermanes's investigative journalism TV programme Quarto Milenio conducted a technological investigation to identify the potential fate. Jose Javier Gresendia, a doctor of chemical engineering and general manager of Medco, and Luis Alamancos, a forensic criminologist and head of the Spanish Institute of Applied Criminalistics, who was subsequently given the European Police Cross of Honour for his work in crime scene investigation and analysis, carried out the research. The two experts used their collective knowledge in chemistry, criminology and forensics to analyse various pieces of evidence related to the case. Their findings were then presented on Cuarto Milenios as part of an episode dedicated to revealing what had been uncovered during their investigation. Graysonia was surprised to find out that the images in the portraits had not been formed with paint. After samples were taken from the faces of the portraits and got permission from the home's owner, Scientific knowledge and methodologies were used to verify that there were no external modifications or components in them. Alamancos then tried to replicate these pictures using different techniques, such as concrete solvents, hydrochloric acid and silver nitrate, but found that it was impossible for him to recreate them exactly. He expressed his confusion by saying, the words characterising his judgement are pure perplexity which shows how baffled he was by this discovery. Following the death of Maria, Pedro Amaros, a renowned psychic researcher, visited the home in an attempt to uncover further photographic manifestations. During this time period, it was reported that new faces had appeared on the floor of the home. However, these claims were later debunked by El Mondo newspaper in November 2004 when they published an article entitled New Belmes Faces Faked by Ghostbusters and Municipal Government. This article alleged that local ghost hunters and government officials had fabricated the images found at Gomez's residence after her passing. Los Carros de Belmez, which translates to The Faces of Belmez, and The Scoundrels of Belmez, was written by journalist Javier Cavaniles and detective Francesco Mayers in May 2007. The book details the events surrounding what is known as the Belmez Faces or the Belmez Ghosts. In the end, the true nature of the Belmez Faces remains a total mystery. The phenomenon has been the subject of countless investigations, theories and debates, but no conclusive explanation has been found. Some argue that the faces are the result of a natural or scientific phenomenon, while others believe they are evidence of some sort of paranormal activity. Regardless of the explanation, the Belmes faces have captivated the imagination of people for decades and have become a symbol for the enduring human fascination with the unknown and unexplained. They continue to be a topic of interest for researchers, skeptics and believers alike, and it is likely that the mystery of the Belmes faces will continue to be debated for many years to come. Thank you for joining us for another episode of As Yet Unexplained. We hope that you have found this episode to be both informative and entertaining. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, please do us a huge favour and hit that subscribe button, like, and leave us a glowing review. 
Your support helps us reach even more listeners and ensures that we can continue to bring you more episodes. Next week, we're going to delve deep into the intriguing and sinister case of the Hexham Heads. We'll be exploring the history and legends surrounding this fascinating mystery and presenting evidence that suggests that there may be more to the Hexham Heads than meets the eye. Whether you're a seasoned paranormal investigator or just a curious observer, we guarantee that next week's episode will certainly pique your interest. So make sure you tune in next week for another episode of As Yet Unexplained. Thanks for listening. If you are listening to this message, then the subliminal frequency has successfully calibrated to your mind. Do not be alarmed. I am here to advise you to explore the Occultaria of Albion. The Occultaria of Albion is both a written series as well as a podcast. It explores various locations where paranormal and supernatural events have occurred. It is a broadcast on a forgotten frequency. Hauntings, Time slips, cryptids, cults, and more are investigated and examined. Enter a world designed by torch and moonlight. Go to occultariaofalbion.com or search Occultaria of Albion wherever you find your favourite podcasts. End transmission.